Howdy, partner. This is episode 85 of Crypto Weekly. Yeehaw! Please go with that. In non-crypto news, some uncooperative crusties in hemp-smelling bivouacs have been bringing London to a standstill because the sky is angry. (laughs) Two protesters got married, though, so that's nice. Back to the crypto news. This week, PayPal quit the Libra Foundation. The FCA decide to care more about blockchain startups. The ex-Quadriga CEO's widow will be giving back some cash to those scammed by her late husband. And a class action lawsuit against Bitfinex and Tether is filed. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly and help support the show and receive some sweet perks as a reward, such as an unedited, uncut version of the podcast earlier than the rest of the plebs. I'm joined in the studio by Mr. Geordie Prince. Hello. What are you drinking, friend? I'm, of course, drinking uh, my favourite brew dog beverage, Ken. Whose name escapes me right now, but I love it. <laughs> Dr. P. Money. I'm also drinking uh, a fine rhubarb and ginger gin, courtesy of Brewdog. Mr. Cryptobeak. Brewdog, it's me, Cryptobeak. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bitcoin Blue Blake. Good evening, Ken. Are you also drinking a Brewdog? I am, and I was at a Brewdog bar last night as well. I hope that was an enjoyable experience. Pleasant. Yes, yes, is the answer. <laughs> it was the best bar you've ever been to. I am your host, Crypto Ken. Also, supping on a brew dog. I promise. I promise it's not anything else. Let's get started with the show. News item number one, unless P Money edits this into a different order, we have PayPal <laughs> leaving the Libra Foundation getting cold feet over all the international scrutiny that Libra has been coming under. Who wants to jump in on this one? I'll take this one, Ken. You're quite right. PayPal has said they have had enough of being part of the Orwellianly named Libra (laughs) Association, and they've decided they want some distance between themselves and it. Uh, it's a bit of a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a sting. It's a sting to Facebook and their aspirations. Um, and I think this is particularly on the nose for Facebook because PayPal were one of the very first people to join the Libra Association as well. It was a big coup for them just because of how heavily, how heavily they're involved in payments. So yeah, for them to come out and say the following, PayPal remains supportive of Libra's aspirations, but has chosen to focus on its core business, which is corporate speak for meh, we're sacking it off, is really bad. Well, it's pretty bad for PayPal. It's definitely bad PR. It also comes nine days before the first meeting of the Libra Council on the 14th of October. So that is definitely pissed on Facebook's parade. No question about it. And I think this is reflected quite clearly in the response from the spokesperson for the Libra Association who said that commitment to the mission of reconfiguring the financial system is more important to us than anything else. We are better off knowing about this lack of commitment now. Salty. Serious. Real, real salty. 
So yeah, I think it has. It is really going to take the shine off the Libra, the very first Libra Council meeting, the like minutes or statements from which of a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. So yeah, all around bad news for Facebook. You just know that upon hearing that, Zuckerberg was screaming into pillows in his office and punching his secretary. Mm, assuming he has emotions. <laughs> well, there was leaked audio of Zuckerberg this week where he said, the public things, I think, tend to be a little bit more dramatic, but a bigger part of its private engagement with the regulators around the world. And those, I think, often are more substantive and substantive and less dramatic. And those meetings aren't played out for the camera. That's where a lot of the discussions and details get hashed out on things. So Zuckerberg was hitting it with a monster cope in his private meeting. But can, this is only the first of the groups to leave the Libra Foundation. Earlier in the week, it was uh, rumoured that MasterCard, Visa, Stripe and PayPal were all going to pull out. PayPal's gone. Will we see any more Have in the next week the or two? The floodgates of the archaic payment providers opened. Have they actually left or is it like Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you were one of these finance companies, if there was going to be a technology being introduced where you are invited to be part of that may possibly be disruptive to your entire business model, you would say, yes, I'd like to be a part of that, right? And then doing something like this while withdrawing support is more damaging than if they didn't get involved in the first place. Are you suggesting they've adopted the PewDiePie model of promising to pay the ADL 50 grand and then withdrawing it at the last minute to damage the brand as much as humanly possible? Well, yeah. That is completely unrelated. We've just got <laughs> unrelated PewDiePie references. But but if you were if you were one of these visas, PayPal's or whatever, and you didn't support the project initially it would have been less damaging to the reputation of the project than if you joined and then left. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Are you but, saying this might have been part of their plan all along, P-Money? Yeah. Or maybe they're like, well, we can't miss the boat on this one. We better get in. As soon as it looked like it wasn't going to happen, they're like, see ya. Yeah. Yeah, but why would they Why would they go to the trouble of leaving at that point? Why don't they just hang around just in case it did come to fruition? I don't uh, really see the cost of staying in there. So I feel like Facebook are getting a lot of grief about it. Mm-hmm. And they feel like over time, maybe it'll be directed at Facebook. And no doubt, as they're already trying to do, say it's not a Facebook project. It's a project of the Libra Foundation or whatever, which includes these 25 companies. Ah, okay. Then everyone start looking at the rest of them. PayPal are like, we'll probably just head out. And if it's looking good, maybe they can come back in. Oh, don't you think they kind of burn their bridges to... To, no, because they said we remain supportive of their aspirations. Yeah. And who's going to turn down PayPal for an online payment? Process? But how salty was that response? It sounds like they're really butthurt about this. Yeah. And they've also got Stripe in there. I mean, it's not like they haven't got alternatives to PayPal. And they're trying to, and as P Money said, they're basically setting up a substitute to it. I don't think it's the smartest move by PayPal, TBH, if their plan was to hedge exposure to this potential uh, substitutive technology. Well, if there's one person's opinion we want, it's Brad Garlinghouse, the chief <laughs> of Ripple. <laughs> and he says, won't be done before 2023. And if you put a market on Augur, he'll bloody bet on it. What? On uh, Libra not being completed by 2023. Have you put a market on Augur taking his, his action? No, because in the same interview, he said, with regards to uh, how much XRP they hold, 
and whether it's a security, etc. Certainly, we're an interested party in the success of the XRP ledger. For sure, we own a lot of XRP. But it's a little bit like saying, Exxon owns a lot of oil. That doesn't make oil a security. So can. I think he's a liar. <laughs> and I don't think he's a man of his word. And also, what a moron. Well, I just don't think he understands the reference he made. He quite clearly doesn't, and made himself look like a proper little garling house. <laughs> what a terrible last name. <laughs> From one company jumping ship before a scam gets underway to one still in full flight, we are going back to the supposed death of the Quadriga CEO and his now, quote-unquote, widow... <laughs> will be giving back some of the cash that he may or may not have stolen during his supposed death. We can just say stole it, though. Because if he's dead, he can't do shit. Sick. So, Quadriga guy died, stole a load of cash, now his widow's apparently going to give some of it back. And he was a pedo. And he- <laughs> <laughs> we have unconformed reports that he was a pedophile together with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Now, wow, that's the time we picked to, to drop an allegedly. <laughs> I'm so happy. The world's you, most notorious paedophile. I'm so happy that you bought in that one can. That went better than I ever expected. I'm trying to troll you. Oh, nice one, can. Molly. This was a bloodbath. I mean, it's hilarious. The segue was all right. Okay, well, let's carry on from here then. I it think all so, yeah. Can we just not have any um, pedo references? Yeah, that's 4chan worthy discussions. Okay. Who wants to jump in on the philanthropy of this poor widow? Um, I feel like we are beating this horse to death. But it is quite amusing. Yeah, I mean, the gist is she's like, oh, I didn't know he was scamming everyone. I had no idea. Um, you know, I've got some stuff and I'm going to give it back to those some of the people who lost money. And we'll just try and call it even because, you know, what else can I do? I just want to move on. I'm a victim too here. Hang on, I might have missed a few shows, but didn't wasn't it? Weren't all the funds locked up in wallets that only he had the keys for, and no one knew how to get into it? Yes, yeah, I think she's just given up some of her shit. Was so it? she's given him most of the stuff she inherited from her husband, and it seems like she's hoping that that will keep her out of trouble. Whether it will or not remains to be seen. But she's mainly doing it because she feels bad. I mean, sorry, actually, because she is still alive. She claims to feel bad and that's why she's doing it and she just wants to move on yeah okay and if that means giving up loads of her own stuff no problem loads is a bit much but also her own stuff yeah giving up a bit of her husband's (laughs) ill-gotten gains (laughs) (laughs) to move on to the new chapter a new chapter in her life which is the exact phrase she used in the uh press release that she put on this so yeah basically she's gone for Eh, here's a little bit of the stuff that I have that's mine, but whatever, I'm such a nice person that I'm going to give it back to the to the creditors for my <clears throat> late husband's business ventures, and then we can all move along, <laughs> go about our lives. Now, it was hard to come across any numbers on exactly how much she was giving back, mostly because the details of the settlement were a 53-page PDF buble, and I've only got so long at lunchtime, okay? So, but what I have found, admittedly, on Plebit, so these are 100% alleged numbers, and also a 
perfect reflection of the caliber of your average Reddit post. So I went on the quadriga, uh, r forward slash quadriga CX, and one of the top posts was, and I quote, so E and Y founded $32 million, but Jen only give $12 million. Did I don't understand something? <laughs> ah, plummet. Yeah, so obviously these are these are wildly unconfirmed numbers, but it sounds like E and Y, who are the auditors. Uh, yeah, they're an auditing firm, but there's a oh, they're trustees, I think, in this. They're trustees of the estate. In e this. and Y. Is it about Ernst and Young? Yes. Oh, okay. They call themselves they, E and Y now. Now they're called the EY. Yeah. EY, baby. They are called EY, oh, but right. I wanted Drop to make sure all our listeners on Plebit knew who we were talking oh, about. Okay. So E and Y have apparently, I presume this person has read the entire settlement and found that $32 million in, ass, in assets have been found in the the wife's possession. But uh, this is essentially a, um, a, this is a settlement that E and Y proposed <laughs> and the creditors of the estate were allowed to sort of vote on to see if they were going to pass it or not. So it's basically, they're the trustee and this is their... Uh, best effort uh, at giving restitution to the people that are owed money from Quadriga CX, which, frankly, E and Y is a pretty piss poor effort because we know it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I believe 180 million dollars that were um, that was missing, and you, the, those people are looking at getting 12 million back in total. I'm if, letting her keep 20. Yeah, if these numbers are to be believed. So obviously, big big grain of pinch of salt there, but. But I think it does kind of illustrate as well that, I mean, yeah, if you don't have the keys, uh, it's not your crypto, fam. Like, 180 million still locked up until this guy feels safe to come back out of hiding, allegedly. And yeah, you're going to get uh, 12 million back for every 180 million that you lose. Nightmare. As one woman gets herself out of legal troubles, we have Bitfinex and Tether in new lawsuits against them this time a class action filed in new york when will tether ever catch a break maybe they've already caught many breaks can and it's all coming down upon them just kidding they're going to be fine i reckon they're getting uh so a class action complaint has been filed against them basically saying they manipulated the market uh they made themselves proper rich in that and they screwed everyone else and they're looking for $1.4 trillion, apparently. That's quite a lot of fiat yeah. token. Yeah, seems seems a lot, being that it's like six times more than the total market cap of all crypto. Uh, yeah, to know, to know <laughs> quite how they've gone for the $1.4 trillion, but they, apparently they have. And am I right in saying that these people, they aren't, they are, don't have some sort of direct relationship with Tether. They just hold crypto, right? They are individual purchasers of Bitcoin and other <laughs> cryptocurrencies. Wow. Bitcoin? Bitco- well, <laughs> I doubt anyone who holds Bitcoin is mad. They're all killing it. Um, but yeah, it just does seem like it's individuals. Uh, the complaint accuses them of propping and popping the largest bubble in history, which is pretty slick, to be honest. Propping and popping. Um, Sounds like a dance move. <laughs> for real. It was filed in the US District Court of New York. Uh, 
and yeah, apparently it's only on the behalf of a handful of investors. So mm. presumably they're all going to be billionaires if it all goes through. If they split that 14 ways, that'd be 14 trillion between 40, 1.4 trillion between 14 is 100 billion each. So they'll be some of the most powerful people in the world if they manage to get that number. Um, but yeah, they're basically going after Tether, Bitfinex, saying that they manipulate the market, lost some people some money, shippers 1.4 trillion, and it's the same people who went after Craig Wright recently, the ones who won in the case against him. Mm, successfully went after Craig Wright. Yeah, so maybe they're just proper cocky. But I actually think the, uh, the amount they're looking for is because that's what lawyers do in America, isn't it? So they, you, you can never win more than you ask for, I think. So yeah. they just ask for like some absolutely astronomical number and yeah. what they want is some degree less than. Yeah, some guy, some like... Four grand and a happy meal and they'll be on their way. Yeah, some postman gets run over and they're like, we need 182 billion in damages to his family and lost earnings and mental health problems and shit. And they give him 28 grand and say no more. I've seen a little nugget on the end of the show notes that has been added by someone in the room that is not myself. And it reads, Sacramento Kangs to be the first major American sports team to create their own crypto. Someone in this room is excited about this. It's me, Ken! Yes, tell me more. The Kangs have created their, or are creating their own crypto. It's going to be based on Ethereum. And it sounds pretty sweet. Who are the Sacramento Kangs to the unenlightened? If you had to guess what sport the Kangs played, what would you guess? Ice hockey. <laughs> Close. But no very ball. politically correct of you, <laughs> Mr. Prince. I would assume um, tall man hoopy ball. They play tall man hoopy ball. <laughs> tall man hoopy ball. <laughs> <laughs> and the Kangs have got their own app called Golden One Centre. When you rock up to the stadium, I don't know whether it's already going now. I think the season's starting this month. But they call it your hub for a game night experience. So you can like order food to come and be brought to you in your seat. You can uh, do all kinds of stuff like that. It's got your tickets on there. You get like a program, watch videos about the match that's coming up, whatever. Within this app, they're going to have this crypto running. Um, and... You're going to get that crypto. You're not going to buy it yet or trade it. You're just going to get it when you uh, eat at a restaurant or if you turn up to the game before the kickoff, the whatever they call it, basketball. Tip-off. Tip-off, that's the bugger. Uh, if you get there on time, you get a few of these tokens. If you eat in a restaurant, you get a kickback. All these things, you can spend it on, like, I think there's drawers for seats. There is, you can spend it at restaurants, whatever. But the most interesting thing for myself and the Prance what for me is that uh, apparently they're doing it with an eye to sports betting being made legal in California nice. soon. So they think, I don't know whether this is what these guys think or what some other quote-unquote analysts have uh, put forward, but they're going to have prediction uh, markets within their app oh. allowing you to gamble on the games in the stadium with this currency. I think it's a pretty sweet idea, I've got to say. You've sold it very, very well to the point that I do wonder if you're in PR for the Sacramento Kangs. Unfortunately not, but I they're probably going to be my favourite basketball team now. So you can count on me to watch all the games at least of tall man hoopy ball. So, so do you have to? 
you have to have you can only use the app in the stadium is that right i think the i think the app only has uses in the stadium basically i think you might be able to use it outside the stadium to watch like videos about the game or whatever but within the stadium you can order food you can uh there's got like directions to the stadium it's got like sat nav thing in tells you where everything is it's like uh it's basically they call it like a sort of like a remote controller it's like you know Mm. like in the plane you'll order some shit off you yeah uh the thing on the back of the poor sucker in front of your seat it's like that you can like (laughs) you can interact with the staff and the um the entertainment the facilities in the stadium using this app and they're gonna they're basically going to create an ERC20 wallet for everyone in this app. You, like when you when you log in, you get your wallet. They send you some tokens that you can't actually trade to start with. You're just going to be able to get sent them, and then you're going to be able to spend them or use them, however, in this stadium. Going forward, you're going to apparently be able to trade them with friends and potentially gamble on them right there and then while you watch the game, which would be sick. Some naughty in-play tall man hoopy ball bets. That would be be amazing. That would be amazing. So do you think, like, what do we think the odds are that I will be able to follow my new favourite basketball team from a different country, which would preclude me from, say, buying a hot dog, but definitely allow me to bet loads and loads of money on the game? That's interesting because it doesn't seem like you're gonna be able to buy the tokens it looks like Ah. you're gonna be able to you get given them to start with for basically being in the stadium buying tickets getting there on time all the things they're on time no that's what they're giving you giving them to you as an incentive because presumably that poor a team that people just don't turn up (laughs) maybe (laughs) don't don't you talk about mike kangs that way (laughs) (laughs) but i would imagine it's pretty annoying if you're or, you know what, actually, you know what the Americans are like? In boxing matches, there'll be like three hours of undercard. Yeah. And as they're coming out for the you know the main event, people are, the ring walks, you just see half the stadium fill up. <laughs> they just turn up right at the last minute. So maybe it's annoying for them to have a half-empty stadium as it kicks off. They're trying to give people an incentive to get there. But aren't the first three quarters of a tall man hoopy ball game like the undercard of the end of the match? Yeah, because, I mean, the whole thing. Because it's just relentless basket. Who? Not scoring. Not if you're betting on who scores the ne- next basket fee money. All right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it does seem pretty unbearable, but the point is that I don't think you'll be able to buy it and then gamble. I think they're giving them out. And I think that also avoids the whole security issue, people like speculating on them. I think it's a legitimate, pretty good use case for uh, that kind of token where they're just giving it out to try and incentivize people to. Um, to do what is best for the Kangs without having to basically spend any money because they just created it out of nowhere. But they can still be traded. They can't be traded they can be sent to start to, with. Sent to other fans, is that right? No, but if I hold the ERC-20, what's to stop me from sending it on? Because they don't give you the private key. So you can only do it within the app. So that feels pretty centralised. Uh, oh, hmm. it's completely centralised around... <laughs> This basketball team, but okay. only because they hold all the private keys. So that's how they're doing it to start with. They don't want trading. They don't want any of that to start with. They say in future, you'll be able to trade with your friends. But to start with, they're just having all the wallets. They control it. You can just interact with them through the app. And that's how you spend your money to get a quid off, a dollar off a hot dog or to, you know, do whatever, enter in a chance to win a ticket next week, whatever. 
So if this goes properly mainstream, are we going to be able to start buying like hot dog futures? I don't know what that means, hey, Bublé. I, I, I haven't got I, the foggiest I, fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I know what you mean because the yeah. price of the Kang token per, per, Yeah, the, the hot dog value of a Kang token could be through the roof by next week. Yeah. So I know I'm going to have a hot dog on Saturday. Yes, you want to you want to lock, lock, oh, in, the, oh, I I lock in the price, price right now. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I think they're trying to make it not <laughs> tradable. I think the aim is not to allow people to trade it on exchanges. But you could say to somebody on yeah. another market, I'll sell you a hot dog on saturday yeah. i'll be there and i'll give i'll give you a hot dog i'll physically my physically tokens. delivered futures yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice and with that we bring the news to a close and it's time for market watch let me have a quick look at coin paprika and a sip of delicious nutritious brew dog <sighs> all right shit lords here it is Pretty boring week overall. Total crypto market cap is basically break even. Down like 0.3%. Bitcoin down 2%. ETH almost exactly break even, still at 180, despite DevCon starting today. Now, I don't think DevCon, which is an Ethereum Foundation hosted event where people talk loads of nerd shit about ETH for any sewer dwelling plebs who don't know. I don't think that should pump the price at all, but big events usually do, as we've seen in the last few weeks with Cosmos and EOS and loads of other shit coins pumping because something might happen in the future. But apparently there's going to be no ETH 2.0 announcements, so no one's fired up. There's no rumour type pumps. But on the plus side, that might mean that there is not going to be any major dumps based on the news actually happening, so take it how you want it. XRP, 8% this week. Despite someone who may or may not, but probably is, Ripple co-founder and former CEO, <laughs> Chris Larson, moving 20 million XRP to Coinbase. So the founders just shipped over 20 million tokens to Coinbase. Uh, but XRP is up 8% because there is a cool conference coming up called Swell in like five weeks. So, obviously, that's worth $1.5 billion in market cap. XRP, the standard. Uh, in other great, completely reasonable news, Tron uh, has released Odyssey version 3.6.5. And some absolute numbskull had released a report saying that Tron's the second biggest app platform. So, Tron's up 20%. Killing it. This wasn't the biggest scam coin pump this week, though. In fact, it wasn't even close centrality the interestingly named centrality was the biggest win this week it gained 277 percent it's a platform that gives you and i quote everything you need to build a dap and uh yeah it does seem impressive going from 20 million to 80 million market cap but it's a little less impressive when you realize they raised 265 million at ico so if you held that uh, I mean, I guess you long roped, so the supply is probably pretty low because all their holders are in an early grave. Number two in the biggest winner list is 4chan coin, the stinkiest of them all, Link. They have introduced their trusted computation framework, and the Linkies are doing the business, as per usual, telling everyone they have a partnership with Intel, and the $1,000 end-of-year prophecy might only be a year late, 
Link has pumped to $2.55, 39% gain this week, only 975 to go. No, $998 and some coins. It's nearly $1,000, Ken. Over to you in the studio. Number three was Bat. That gained 26%. Big Brendan Ike released stats which claim that Bat has over 2 million, uh, excuse me, Brave has almost uh, 2 million daily users. But more importantly, they released a dark theme. 20% gains. <laughs> Biggest lose this week is the notorious Carrot Gold Coin, one of our favourites. Don't buy it. It's awful. Down 20%. The second biggest loser is a bit of a shock. Somehow Beldex, the world's first Shariah compliant exchange, has lost 15%. I imagine that's just a temporary dip and that will be flying through the roof any minute. Uh, third biggest loser is Wixlaw, which is apparently is the digital payment system. Obviously, total dog shit. Deservedly lost a bunch of money. Fucking mongs. Twitter is still mong. TA still doesn't work. I still hate everyone. That's all from me, Ken. Over to you, Mr. Thank you for the update, Mr. Beak. Will you ever like anything? Well, I might watch my first basketball game soon. Let you know how that goes. I really do hope that Tall Man Hoopyball brings the love that you so crave. It looks terrible, Ken, so I wouldn't bank on it. I have never understood why people like it, but then again, I've never understood burgers. <laughs> uh, oh, Ken, I bought five Euro Millions tickets. They're sitting in my pocket right now, so maybe. Why what? the devil have you developed a brain tumour? 168 million this week it's got to go everything must go you don't have to get all the numbers they're giving it away to someone oh it's EV is it plus, plus EV I don't know if it's plus EV but it sounds pretty plus EV to <laughs> if me if it's mate. plus EV we need to put all our money into lottery tickets <laughs> yeah I guess we do yes we it, cannot afford to lose is what I'm saying but what but unfortunately you can split the jackpot so you can't really guarantee it's going to be plus EV and there are millions and millions of combinations Ken <laughs> At two pounds a pop, I'm not even sure you could afford that. But you only need one combination. That's yeah, yeah mate, point. yeah, mate. You only need two quid to be right. The chances are 50 50. You're either right or you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is Correct. it as simple as that? <laughs> We've all just been incredibly lucky this entire time. All right, good. Um, don't buy lottery tickets. Uh, it's a game for taxing the poor. So, with that, we come to the end of the show. Say goodbye, Mr. Prince. Goodbye, Mr. Prince. Follow me on Twitter.com, at HRHGODIP. That's at H-O-H-G-E-O-R-D-I-E-P. Many thanks. Mr. Dr. P. Money. Howdy. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Dr. P. Money. Mr. CryptoBeak. Bonjour, it's me, CryptoBeak. Follow our podcast Twitter at CryptoWeeklyPod. Well done, friend. All remembers, yeah. I am your host, Crypto Ken. You've already heard that we have a sweet new Twitter handle for the podcast that's only taken us 85 weeks to set up. <laughs> we genuinely have had it that long. I've just finally pulled my finger out my ass and done something about it. Stay up to date with everything that we do at Crypto Weekly Pod. I'm your host, Crypto Ken. You can follow me at Crypto Ken Can. We have been Crypto Weekly. You have been informed. And now you can stay updated by following the podcast on Twitter. Thank you. Good night.